So today is one of the big feast days, one of the solemnities of the church where we celebrate this very unique and singular grace that the Lord gave to Our Lady, that she is preserved from original sin, unlike, unlike all of us who are born with original sin and then have it washed away in baptism, Our Lady is preserved from this. So she's a, a totally immaculate vessel for Jesus to be conceived and to enter into the world. Now because today we're celebrating this great work of God for our salvation, like this first huge step toward the incarnation and eventually our salvation, we have to go back to why, it, why it, this is needed. What, what went wrong in the first place? So we go back to the first reading from Genesis, and I just want you to come with me to enter into the heartbreak of God. So we're in this spot where Adam and Eve have already sinned. They've eaten the fruit of the tree. And God says, where are you? What Adam hears as God calls out to him is like a manhunt you know, which, which seeks to punish. It's like, like the police coming for a criminal. When he hears God say, where are you? He feels threatened and he hides. But God, this is his perspective, he looks around the garden and his beloved is gone. The one he loves has been taken and captured. We don't have to go into this, but if you look closely at the Hebrew, actually, the Hebrew makes it very clear that this is not an accusatory, where are you? But this is a cry of pain from God. This is the cry of a desperate father who is searching for his children. So he's heartbroken a first time because those who, who he loves have been taken from him. And then there's a second heartbreak also because when he finds them, Adam and Eve are hiding. They're hiding from their rescuer, hiding from their father. So you can imagine this. And it's not too hard because the movie Taken. But you can imagine if... if if you had a child, and your child was abducted, was kidnapped, and you went looking for your child, you can imagine the desperation and the seriousness. Where everything takes a back seat. You'll do anything to find your child. And then, when you find out where they are, and you call out to them, not only have they been taken, but they are afraid of you, and they hide from you, who have come because you love them. This is a little of what is in God's cry, where are you? Now, we look, we, we contrast that a little with, with what's in the gospel today, this gospel reading about the Annunciation. God comes and he seeks Mary, okay? He sends his angel Gabriel to speak to Mary. And when the angel greets her, it says she's troubled, but she remains. And this is the big difference. Okay, the Lord sought Adam and Eve and they ran and hid. When then God seeks Mary, she's troubled, yes, but she remains there, she doesn't run away. Her, her, approach to this is not so much like running from those who are trying to catch you, more like somebody who's stranded on an island who's standing on the beach waving to any plane or any boat that goes by because they know they need rescue. It's interesting too because like we know we can't hide from God, but for Adam and Eve, after they have sinned, this is bad news. It makes them afraid because they cannot hide from God, but for Mary, it is good news that she cannot hide from him. The angel greets her, she remains, though she's troubled, and then the next thing out of the angel's mouth is, do not be afraid. And I wonder, if you go back to this first reading from, from Genesis, I wonder if Adam and Eve had not run and had not hidden themselves from God, if, when he found them, 
If this would have been the next thing that he said, where are you? Then he comes upon them, and then the next words would have been, I think, do not be afraid. But because they run and hide, there's no opportunity for this. So we'll never know what God would have said, but we can imagine it going very differently. After the angel says, do not be afraid, then he delivers the message. You'll find favor with God. You will conceive and bear a son, and he will be the savior of the world. Now, when God speaks to Adam and Eve, it's all very slippery. He asks them some questions. He states the facts. But Adam and Eve keeps like squirming out of God's grasp. Okay, so God addresses Adam and he says, it, it was the woman, she, she gave me the apple. And then he turns to the woman and she says, no, no, don't look at me, it was the serpent. They're constantly like avoiding and trying to, trying to get out of this moment with the Lord. But Mary, when the angel speaks to her, she says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. She remains, she accepts, she didn't squirm or run away or anything like that. What comes at the end of the, both of these encounters is the promise of salvation. For Adam and Eve, yes, in the very end, when God turns to the serpent, he promises a savior right from the beginning. He says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and her offspring will crush your head. This is the first promise of the savior right from the beginning. As soon as we have sinned, the Lord says, I will not leave you here. And for Mary, when she responds, let it be done to me, this is, this is it, this is the promise of salvation. Jesus is conceived and he enters into the world. Now we all have sinned and we have been captured. And God seeks the one he loves, he seeks you. He cries out, where are you? And we can hear sometimes something threatening, something to be afraid of. But the Lord cries out for you as a desperate father wants to save you, wants to bring you home. We are tired and weary, injured and ashamed and often discouraged, and we run from God, sometimes in obvious ways like avoiding prayer or skipping mass or staying away from confession, and sometimes in subtler ways, like the ways that we fill our lives with activity and noise and we avoid silence or asking and trying to find answers to the biggest questions. We are afraid and we're uncomfortable to be found by God because he takes us more seriously than we take ourselves. We matter more and we're worth more to him than we're worth to ourselves. We're more precious to him than we are to ourselves. And he loves us more entirely because he loves in us the parts that are good and, and the parts that are bad, the parts that we hate. Because of all of this, to, be, to encounter God, to be found by him, is to be seen by him is intensely and totally vulnerable. We cannot hide, we cannot run. So yeah, so we're afraid, we avoid it, we can understand this, it's uncomfortable. But when he finds you, if you hold still, the first words the Lord always says is do not be afraid. We must hold still, we can't run, we can't hide. After he says do not be afraid, then there is always, like we saw in the first reading in the, in the gospel, there's the promise then of salvation, of rescue. Now on the Feast of Our, Our Lady, on, on the Feast of Her Immaculate Conception, we have to remember this, that she can teach us, she can help us. So if you've never asked her for help in this particular area, to be found by God and not hide and run from him, then I hope you do today. Ask her for this gift that she has been given and ponder what it is in her, this freedom to never hide from God, to rejoice in being found by him rather than being afraid of being seen by him. 
When the Lord finds us, after he says, do not be afraid, and he promises salvation, this is basically how it ends. He says, my child, I am here with you. I have come to rescue you. Come home with me. 